0: I have the opinion of the Court in two cases being decided together, case number 18 Rucho versus Common Cause, and case number 18-726, Lamone versus Benisek. Gerrymandering is the drawing of electoral district lines to favor or discriminate against a particular category of voter. It is, for example, unconstitutional to engage in racial gerrymandering to draw lines so that African Americans are packed into a district so they can elect only one candidate of their choice or dispersed among several districts so they cannot elect any. The question presented here is whether gerrymandering for political purposes is also unconstitutional. Whether a party, a political party, in control of the districting process may draw district, district lines to make it harder for their political opponents to elect the candidates of their choice. In these cases, voters and nonprofit groups in North Carolina and Maryland challenged those states' congressional districting plans as unconstitutional partisan gerrymanders. In North Carolina, plaintiffs claimed that the districting plan discriminated against Democrats. In Maryland, plaintiffs complained that the districting plan discriminated against Republicans. After the 2010 Census, North Carolina needed to redraw its congressional districting map to ensure that the population of each district was equal. Republicans controlled the General Assembly and, therefore, the districting process. The lawmakers in charge hired an expert mapmaker to draw a districting plan that would preserve the partisan makeup of North Carolina's congressional delegation, which at the time included 10 Republicans and 3 Democrats. One of the Republican lawmakers in charge of the process stated that he wanted a map that would likely elect 10 Republicans because he did not think it was possible to draw one that would elect 11. His stated reason was that he thinks electing Republicans is better for the country than electing Democrats. The districting committee approved the criteria and the map by a party-line vote. North Carolina used that map in the 2016 and 2018 congressional elections, and the map performed as expected. Maryland also needed a new congressional districting map after the 2010 Census. In that state, Democrats dominated the state legislature and controlled the redistricting process. (laughs) Led by the then governor, the redistricting committee set out to draw a map that would flip the 6th congressional district from a Republican to a Democrat. To equalize population across districts, Maryland needed to remove about 10,000 people from the 6th district. To accomplish that, the redistricting plan rearranged over 700,000 voters to reduce the number of Republicans in the 6th district. The plan achieved its goal of flipping the 6th. In 2012, a Democrat won that district for the first time in nearly two decades, and a Democrat has held the seat ever since. The long and short of it is that these are heavily partisan gerrymanders. Voters in nonprofit groups in each state sued, complaining that the congressional districting plan in their state was unconstitutional. They claimed that the plans violated the First Amendment, the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment, and the Elections Clause in Article I. The district courts in both states ruled in favor of the plaintiffs, holding that the state's districting plans were unconstitutional. Under a special law for election cases, parties can appeal from the district court directly to this court, and that is what the defendants did in each case. The legal question presented is whether such partisan gerrymandering claims are justiciable. That is, whether they are suited for resolution by the federal courts. Last year, we had a case out of Wisconsin, Gill versus Whitford, in which we reviewed all of our partisan gerrymandering cases going back 45 years. We said then that it was unclear whether such claims could be brought. The reason was that federal courts are limited to resolving claims of legal right according to legal principles. If there are no judicially discernible and manageable legal standards to decide a claim, then the claim is properly viewed as a political question, not a legal one, and outside the court's jurisdiction. Now, the first place to look to see if there are standards for deciding whether something is unconstitutional is, of course, the Constitution. The people who wrote the Constitution certainly knew about partisan gerrymandering. There's a famous episode involving the election to the very first Congress where George Washington complained about Patrick Henry trying to gerrymander Virginia's districts to favor James Monroe over James Madison. It didn't work. But the framers didn't put any legal standards about districting into the Constitution. Instead, what they did in the Elections Clause was provide that such issues should be decided by the state legislatures in the first instance, subject to review by the Congress. That's all they said. There's not much to go on there, except to note that nobody thought that the solution was to go to court and have judges figure out what to do. There's no standard in the Constitution, so what do you as a judge do? Maybe you just say it's unconstitutional to take partisanship into account at all in districting. But if you read our opinion in Gill and our other districting cases, you will see how that's a non-starter. Those cases all say that it is permissible to take partisan interests into account. The question is not whether you can do it, but how much is too much. So maybe you look at other areas where we know that there is judicial review of districting practices, the one-person, one-vote cases, and racial gerrymandering. But they don't help either. Partisan gerrymandering is not a simple math problem like one-person, one-vote, nor is it something that's completely impermissible like racial discrimination. Racial discrimination is against the law. Partisanship is not. You can take race out of politics, but you can't take politics out of politics. Again, the question is how much is too much? What is the standard, the legal rule? So maybe you look at the statewide vote. If a party gets 40 percent of the vote statewide, shouldn't it get about 40 out of 100 seats? But then you look at our cases again, going way back, and you see that this sort of proportional proportional representation is not constitutionally required. How could it be? In the beginning, about half of the states elected their representatives at large. If your party won 51 to 49 percent statewide, you got all of the representatives. Besides, if you tried to ensure each party its fair share of seats, that would mean drawing mostly safe seats for each side, which would not seem to be fair to the minority in each district. So back to the drawing board. What about making each of the districts as competitive as possible so that either party could win in each district? But you need to understand what that means. It means small margins in as many districts as possible so that even a narrow victory by the majority would likely lead to a landslide for that party in the legislature. Is that fair? Or what about following established political divisions and other traditional districting criteria? If one party's voters are congregated in particular areas, say cities, that will hurt them statewide because of the natural packing of their voters. And there is always a debate about what counts as a traditional districting factor. One of the most usual factors is drawing districts to protect incumbents. Now, one proposal says you should run a computer program to generate the least partisan map and then generate hundreds or even thousands of others with variations ranging from slightly partisan to very partisan, and then line them up according to the degree of partisanship, then see where the challenge map falls on that spectrum. But then what? How do you decide where the line is between acceptable partisanship and partisanship that goes too far. Is it a 20 percent departure from the median, 40 percent, 60 percent? There is no legal standard for deciding. The judge would just be picking a number out of the air. Other judges in other states would pick different numbers. Now, it's true judges have to decide things like whether there's a substantial risk all the time. But from common experience, we have a general sense of what that means. The risk that you might stub your toe is one thing. The risk that you might lose your leg is another. But there's no way to tell whether 20% departure in districting from the median is too much or whether 40% is. Deciding among just these different visions of what's fair, and you can imagine others, poses basic questions that are political, not legal. There are no legal standards in the Constitution for making such judgments, let alone limited and precise standards that are clear, manageable, and politically neutral and it's only after determining how to define fairness that you can even begin to answer the determinative question, how much is too much. At some point, it should occur to you that what you're trying to do does not seem like judging at all. It seems like politics. You're not being asked to apply a legal standard to facts, let alone a standard from the Constitution. You're being asked to pick a measure of fairness. You're asked to determine what you think would be a good idea. That's not exercising legal judgment, it's making a political decision. And not just any decision. A decision about whether and how to reallocate political power between the two major political parties with no plausible grant of authority in the Constitution and no legal standards to limit and direct your decisions. We have never struck down a districting plan as an unconstitutional partisan gerrymander precisely because there are no legal standards for reviewing such claims. Now the plaintiffs in the dissent in this case ask for an unprecedented expansion of judicial power. That expansion of judicial power into the political process would occur all across the country on a recurring basis. These cases before us are from North Carolina and Maryland. Litigation has been going on in Ohio, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Florida as well. There would be no end to the litigation. There is a fresh round of redistricting every 10 years, and the litigation takes forever. The cases before us involve challenges to to redistricting from the 2010 Census, and here it is, 2019. And the litigation would have a broad reach, extending, for example, not just to representatives to the Federal Congress, as here, but to delegates to State Assemblies as well. In each case, unelected and unaccountable Federal judges would be deciding whether Democrats or Republicans should have more or less political power in each affected State. Now, if the Constitution said that was our job, we would do the best we could. But it doesn't anywhere. The only place the Constitution even refers to the electoral process is in the Elections Clause, where, as I've explained, it assigns authority to make the rules to state legislatures subject to review by Congress. The framers recognized that these sorts of issues were for the political actors. Now, that doesn't mean there are no ways to address the problem of partisan gerrymandering more and more states are enacting legislation or constitutional provisions to limit partisan considerations in redistricting. Some states are turning the job over to independent commissions. In others, state courts are beginning to review the problem. Just recently, state courts in Pennsylvania and Florida struck down partisan gerrymanders on the basis of their constitutions. But these courts are relying on specific state constitutional or statutory provisions to guide their efforts — Our Federal Constitution lacks that type of guidance. In an earlier partisan gerrymandering case from this Court, a justice with a great deal of experience in State and local government wrote a concurring opinion rejecting the claim. We rely on that opinion to a significant extent in our ruling today. This is what former Arizona State Senator and Justice Sandra Day O'Connor wrote. To turn these matters over to the Federal Judiciary is to inject the Courts into the most heated partisan issues. It is predictable that the Courts will respond by moving towards some form of rough proportional representation. The consequences of this shift will be as immense as they are unfortunate. I do not believe that the framers of the Constitution intended the judicial power to encompass the making of such fundamental choices about how this nation is to be governed. End quote. For these reasons and others set forth in our opinion we conclude that partisan gerrymandering claims present political questions beyond the reach of the federal courts we vacate the judgments below and remand with instructions to dismiss for lack of jurisdiction Justice Kagan has filed a dissenting opinion in which justices Ginsburg Breyer and Sotomayor join